Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather. Now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Hammer and Rails podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. And we are here to talk about Purdue's uh, two most recent basketball games, one against IU, of course, Boo! where they lost. Yeah. And then today's victory over Northwestern. Yay! <laughs> Bit of a bounce back game. Uh, knocked Northwestern out by 20. So uh, no game to look ahead to because we will be recording middle of the week to look ahead to the uh, next game on the schedule, Iowa. which is going to be at Iowa. So we'll look ahead to that one in the next podcast. So today we're just going to be talking about these two games against IU and Northwestern, maybe talk about some trends we see, uh, what we think of the team going forward. And before we start looking at those two games, there is kind of a broad question I wanted to ask Casey. So are you ready for this? I know everything about ladies. Let's go. Not not that type of broad, oh. but I, I appreciate you uh, throwing in some wordplay. It's always nice. Uh, so... You have been more of the optimist during basketball season uh, of life. the two of us. Yeah, well, yes, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> regarding regarding this basketball team and what they're capable of, you were the same way last season. Mm-hmm. I know we didn't have the podcast together mm-hmm. last year. So it but, didn't happen. <laughs> but we were still in a group chat together. Uh, I was not sold on the team last year. but I you worked hard. You did. You guaranteed me. You said, you know, this is a team that's going to get to the Sweet 16. And then after that, you know, who knows what happens? Uh, and eventually I came around and I believed you. And of course, we all know what happened. Purdue lost in the first round. So uh, I bought into your hype and you let me down. Uh, given how this team has played recently uh, with the recent struggles against IU, against other teams that have kind of a dominant guard, have you revised your expectations for this team or are they still the same? No, because I'm going to go back even further in time, Ledman. Ooh, okay. To a place where we were all reeling from a dramatic, incredible, heartbreaking, 
crushing loss in the Elite Eight. Yeah, I'm aware of when that was. Thank you for bringing that up. After my team just lost in the playoffs. I was going to ask you how you were, but I, I'm, I, fine. I, I'm fine. That was rough. That, it was. That was rough. Like, it was. There was no reason for them to get close again. No, no. And for those that don't know, I'm a Bucks fan. And no, it has nothing to do with Tom Brady. It has to do with Mike Allstott going to the Bucks. So deal with it. I've been a fan since the Sean King days. So I don't want to hear you uh, call me a front runner. But anyway, go ahead, Casey. Take me back to that Elite Eight loss. And I'm driving up north from Louisville. And we're all in this group chat. Sad. Sorrowful. And I called 2022. This was the season. With all this talent lining up that we were going to have, this was the season to break through for the Final Four. So, no, I still believe in this team. I still believe in the talent. Um, We watched today a team without our best perimeter player. We just beat Northwestern by 20 points. We still beat Villanova in North Carolina earlier this year. This is a flawed team. Maybe a little more flawed than I thought. But we lost in a very hostile atmosphere on the road in state rivalry. Yeah. First time in, you know what, five, six years. Yeah. And we lost by three and we went seven to 17 from the free throw line. And oh my gosh. Just awful. They had one guy who was barely playing this season go eight of 13 for the field for 20 points. Things are going to happen. Should Purdue have won? Yes. Is it concerning that Trey Williams apparently doesn't know how to play basketball anymore? Yes, that <laughs> concerns me. It That's scares me a little. Absurd, I yeah. I thought he was Mr. Big Dependable on our team, and the way he's played lately, that's not true. But the fact is, we have talent on this team. You could argue we have quite a bit of talent underplaying what they are, and we are still a team kind of figuring it out. We saw some things today that gave me uh, some more optimism going forward. We teams lose. It's what every college team in the country does. They disappoint you over and over again. Yes. March is when this is defined by. Are we still good enough and capable? We talked about it last week. We are a team of runs. We are one of the best teams at making runs. There is no singular skill to a team that is more important to winning games, particularly in March, than that ability to, in five minutes, absolutely flip a game or run away from it. Have so, we- that gets that gets to something you often point out in the group chat, and I'm sure you've mentioned it on Twitter, but you always say, uh, and others back you up, that this team might not win the Big Ten, uh, but they are a team that is built for March, and you think they will be better in March. And I want you to kind of explain why you think that is. One thing is, all of these schools we play in the Big Ten, we play twice a year. These teams have played against the Matt Pro matt painter program in the offense for years they are more familiar with our stuff than any of the teams we're going to play in the tournament that matters when you are a team as disciplined as purdue are purdue is at running stuff you watch some of these other teams and other conferences and their offense just disappears for 10 minute stretches and they don't run anything and that's not what painter or purdue does it is good that we are disciplined and when we play teams that don't know us it's a lot harder for them to defend that second of all we have Jaden Ivey on our team. The combination of him and Sasha is is potentially not going to look that much different than what we saw when Carson and Klein were working. Two guards that demand attention on the outside, inside, everywhere, running off screens, moving around. That's very difficult to defend. If either one of them get hot in a game, lights out. We've seen. We don't lose when Sasha makes shots. Jaden Ivey, if he's hitting jumpers, I don't think we're losing many games. So, And then combine that with the Edie and Trey factor. Trey's been bad. But we have yeah. enough of, yeah. we've seen him be really good. So, and, and, you know, Edie has been downright dominant. So we have pieces. 
I still trust Painter. There's still some things that, you know, bother me in game, whatever. I trust this team still has the capability of really turning it on. And I think we have three to four legitimate guys that can take over a tournament game. Yeah, I mean, I think that all makes sense. It's just, and I think a, a really important thing that you pointed out is every college basketball team is going to lose. I mean, no team other than IU in like 1976 has gone undefeated. You know, it's a whole different animal than than college football, where if you want to be the top team, you have to run the table or else have a loss to a really good team and have only one. I mean, you're not going to see really a two-loss team in the national title game. Uh, unless they expand the playoff uh, to eight teams or 16 or or so forth. But for college basketball, every team is going to lose. They're going to have head-scratching losses. They're going to have losses to teams in conference that maybe you don't think you should lose. they should lose to, but ultimately they're going to lose games. And you just have to figure out how they lost the game and what you can improve upon from those losses. And I hope that Purdue can do those things uh, going forward. So, yeah. uh, that I mean – that, that's pretty much it. I'm glad to hear your perspective um, on what you think this team can me, can do. Go let, ahead. Let me ask you: Would you feel better if, say, we were we're 15 and three right now? Right. If we were 15 and three right now, say we had this IU loss, and say we lost, say we lost the Villanova game and lost the Wisconsin game, would you feel better? Do you feel I, I worse or better that we lost to bad teams but beat some of the better teams we played? Particularly non-conference. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably have, I would probably rather have no loss to a bad team, you know. And I don't, I don't know that we have a loss to a bad team at this point. Um, but it's just, I mean, maybe Rutgers, but I don't think we know enough about who Rutgers is going to be at the end of the year. Um, but it's just college basketball is wild. I mean, it's been that way for a few years. You just, there are a lot of good teams at the top, but they can still be knocked off any given day. I am encouraged that we won those early non-conference games. In each of them, we kind of came back from behind, kind of had a second half run. Yeah. And I'm encouraged that we came back against NC State, that we dominated Florida State. That makes me feel more hopeful than it does make me feel bad that we lost at IU or even at Rutgers. Yeah. Yeah. As much as that game hurts. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, those are important games. Non-conference is important. Like you said, those are the teams that will play uh, in the tournament. All right. So with that question and answer out of the way, I think we're going to look back at IU and Northwestern. Um, IU, obviously, uh, 68-65 loss. This is the first loss in uh, 10 games to the hated Hoosiers. So, you know, I'm of two minds of it. I mean, like you said in your initial answer there, it's a really tough environment to play in. And you knew IU was going to bring their A game. So you have to assume Purdue was going to be challenged. But on the other hand, I just hate losing to these freaking jackasses in Bloomington every time. I mean, it doesn't matter if Purdue is bad and IU is good. It doesn't matter if I expect a loss. I still hate coming out of Bloomington with a loss. It just hurts. It sucks. And then you get the chirping of all the fans uh, from IU, and it just it drives me nuts. So, um, what I mean— the free throws to me were the biggest problem for this team. I mean, seven of 17 with a number of those being front end of one and ones. And they just, they could not, could not convert at the free throw line. Um, you know, they clawed their way back and just couldn't finish. It, it was kind of a really tough game to watch. Yeah. Full disclosure. I didn't see the second half minus the last two and a half minutes. Um, did watch the first half, which was probably the worst half of basketball we've played this season. I would say it was pretty bad. Yeah. And yeah, free throws, you, you can't go seven and 17 from the line, especially on the road. 
and have Trey Williams just completely no-show and have Sasha, Sasha Stefanovic not make threes and expect to go on the road and win at Assembly Hall. It's just, that is not a record, that is not a recipe for success in any capacity, so. No, no, and I mean, it was kind of incredible because the the depth of Purdue has been such an asset for them throughout the entire year. I mean, we saw it especially in that Villanova game where the team really, like, as the game went on, Purdue seemed to stay fresh, but Villanova was getting tired legs. Well, in this game, the bench for Purdue only was able to produce four points, uh, two from Caleb first and two from Trevion Williams. And, uh, I mean, it's that sort of thing that's going to pull this Purdue team under if they're getting no production. Uh, Brandon Newman, no points in five minutes. Ethan Morton, no points in seven. Eric Hunter Jr., no points in 16 minutes. Um, but... I just don't know what was going on. I mean, we found out, of course, later that Jaden Ivey had uh, a hip issue uh, prior to the IU game and was in a little bit of pain. So we don't know how much that impacted him. But um, in the second half, he he got really mad and kind of took over the game for a stretch there. But we've got to have more than Ivey. And you, you touched on Trevion Williams just sort of vanishing in this game and uh, I don't really understand what happened and how he, he has now done that against both Illinois and IU. It, it's a very troubling trend. Do you have any idea? Uh, does he look off? Is there an injury that we don't know about? I mean, what do you see in his game that's causing him to play so differently? I can't recall a game where Trey had – he took only four shots and including, had four turnovers. Yeah, including a a shot at the end of the game that basically would have would have put Purdue ahead – enough that the game would have been over and he just airballed it. I mean, his little uh, hook from probably three, four feet and just completely airballed it. I mean, it would have won the game. And that's usually where we love Trey. You know, he's Mr. Clutch. You can really trust him with the ball at the end. And, and he just, he biffed it. Yeah. I mean, you touched on it. Like the only logical thing that would make sense is something is wrong with him because this is not the player that we've seen. He's a senior. He doesn't disappear. He doesn't miss bunnies. We've seen him struggle, like, the Coburn thing kind of made sense. That's the kind of big man you struggle against, only he didn't really go up against Coburn. He went up against backups, and then all of a sudden he's missing all these shots left, over the left shoulder, over the right shoulder, little floaters, things that he makes. And then add on to the way he played against Northwestern today, where he is putting these passes in places that don't make any sense, uh, rocketing 90-mile-per-hour fastballs at the ankles. Something, whether it's in his head confidence wise or something in his body is not allowing him to do what he's used to do there is definitely something in these last three games that just don't make sense he's not playing the way we expect and yeah uh, we tested the theory we have three stars what happens when only one of them shows up we were still in the game late and if we make a few free throws or make that one little bunny late we probably win the game oh yeah absolutely so it's you know you can you can tell yourself that for as bad as Purdue played, this game should have been a lot worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was there was a stretch there where Purdue looked like the game was just getting away from them. And then, as I said, Ivy sort of – he got angry um, after there was a uh, there was a foul called as he was going up for a layup. And then the IU player um, – I, can, I cannot remember which guy it was. It might have been, been Race Thompson or something uh, – kind of grabbed him still as he was going up by the arm and, and pulled him down. And he landed a little hard, and 
it was just one of those things where it was like it was an unnecessary little bit of gamesmanship by IU and Ivy of course he was obviously it hurt him a little bit but I mean he popped back up and you could tell he was hot um he ended up hitting both free throws I if I'm remembering correctly and then he sort of turned it on and helped drag Purdue back in this ball game um but at the end of regulation of course he also had an opportunity uh, to make a shot to to put the game away, and he missed it as well. And just everybody was just a little bit off, and it was just enough to keep this game out of reach. And you hate to see it against a team like IU because as much as we hate to admit it, I mean, there's a lot of talent on that IU team, and a game like this is something that could maybe kickstart them and, and push them higher, you know, um, higher mentality-wise or confidence-wise so that they can maybe turn this thing around and, and make, make their way back to the NCAA tournament, which seems likely. And for me personally, I want to see IU fail mm-hmm. all the time, so that's tough. Um, they did just I, get squashed by Michigan today. They though. did. They did, yeah. And Michigan – and at it was at IU. So And this is a Michigan team that hasn't looked particularly good all year. So, uh, you know, who knows? And, of course, Rob Fennessy had another just normal game against Michigan, whereas against Purdue, you know, he goes 8 of 13 for 20 points, including the absolute dagger of a three as uh, time was running out. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, to, to me, one of, one of the questions that I have about this game is – we, Painter had seen how Trevion Williams was playing, yet he continued to stick to his rotation of Edie Williams, Edie Williams. I understand Edie, you know, probably was a little tired. He got 25 minutes, Williams got 15. But at a certain point, you have to you have to be like, hey, Edie, I need you right now. Go in there, you know, suck it up for me. Maybe do a little switching at timeouts, you know, offense, defense. Use some free throw time to switch some folks out, but. To me, I would have been much more comfortable for just this game with Zach Eady in on that last possession where Williams uh, got the bunny and missed it. Yeah, you just have to wonder how much Eady's free throw shooting was the reason for that. Yeah, yeah, that's Two fair. Two of seven that's from fair. the free throw line. If you're going to shoot like that late in a game, uh, your job out there is to run the offense through him. He was five of six from the field, but two of seven struggling on the road to hit free throws. It, it's hard but to it's, say it's, that. It's fair to point out. It's fair to point out that Trevion was 0 of 2 from the free throw line. <laughs> yes. The one the one argument is Trey is the closer. He generally closes these games. His ball movement is usually very, you know, pivotal to playing late. But, yeah, Edie's been good enough to close out some of these games. And free throws is the one thing that makes sense to where, like, he's just not making them. So I need something else. But, yeah, it, it's frustrating because we still should have wrapped that game up despite how bad we played. Yeah. You're a yeah. air ball of a push little floater from Trey from going up three late. And yeah. And Rob Fennessy on the other end is acting like Steph Curry out there after playing 15% of his team's minutes going into that game. Right, right. And I think it's worthwhile to point out, um, you know, some other folks on Purdue who did play well. Mason Gillis, uh, yet again, uh, 29 minutes, five of six from the floor, including, including three of four from three, wound up with seven rebounds, two assists. Uh, did turn the ball over twice, but with those kind of numbers, that's not too bad. So uh, he had 13 Edie had 12 and Ivy had 21. They were the only Boilermakers in double figures. So um, you would like a little more help on the offensive end uh, from some other folks. But, you know, Gillis has really cemented himself as a player that this Purdue team can count on. And I want to point out on Twitter uh, that you admitted to being wrong about Mason Gillis. And I'd just like to to hear your explanation for what kind of finally convinced you that I was right uh, and you were wrong. I changed my mind. 
I, I, I said this on Twitter also to a buddy. I, it's weird in Mason Gillis because I, I feel like the one thing you think he's good at, which is defense, rebound, you know, being that physical tough guy, I don't think he's as good at that as we think he is or he should be. Like, he's still a subpar rebounder, and he still gets lost on defense a lot. But he's so much better at everything else than I thought he was and I thought he could be after last season. He's shooting lights out. He's making plays, moving the ball around. Uh, he's that's really good screen. So he's getting in the right places. He's finishing better at the hoop. So I just think the improvement he's made mostly on the offensive end has far exceeded any of his limitations elsewhere. And he keeps stepping up and playing really well in these games. So you kind of have to just tip your hat to him. He... He played well again. Uh, he looks like he belongs. He doesn't look like he's scared for any moment. And yeah, he's he's been good. You forget that, you know, he's not some plucky, small recruit. Like he was a right. four star. Yeah. Four star coming out. He's just three inches too short. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's the IU game. Uh, I, I really am now looking forward to when they come uh, to Purdue, I believe that's in March, uh, March 5th, last game of the regular season. Three days really before hope- my birthday, baby. There you go. Uh, I'm really hoping Purdue uh, can put a little bit of a whooping on them to just kind of uh, put their fans kind of back in their place because, honestly, I, I can't handle the IU fans in our mentions. Uh, it just – it's like you've won one of the last ten. I know it's great you won this one, and, and kudos to you. Celebrate it, but – uh, I really want to want to make sure to knock them down a peg and put them back where where they belong. So I'm really looking forward to that game a little more now, which I guess maybe it's good for the rivalry. But uh, again, I would still rather I IU lose every single game. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just saying what a lot of people tell me. But I, again, I would rather IU lose every single game. I'm still going to care about the, the Purdue-IU game, even if IU is 0-17 going into the game. It doesn't matter to me. It's fair. I generally don't think of them if we're not playing them, but... It is very fun when we beat them. Yes, absolutely. And like you said, they they lost to Michigan today at home, so uh, their hopes and dreams of having an undefeated season at home uh, have gone out the window. So uh, anything else about this IU game that you want to comment on before we uh, head to the break and then talk about Northwestern? No, I mean, just a general theme is our defense doesn't make teams uncomfortable, and that's probably the biggest problem we have. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there is one thing I wanted to mention um, now that I'm remembering. Uh, so you said you watched the first half um, mm-hmm. and, and saw most uh, the end of the second. Do you have any idea uh, what happened with Jaden Ivy and Trey Galloway to cause Ivy to just kind of push him on his ass about 90 feet away from uh, the action in the game? No, except that he had he had uh, pushed him a couple times before that. He was very annoyed about getting Who, grabbed wait, wait, off wait. ball. Are you saying Galloway pushed him or Ivy pushed Ivy, him? Ivy, okay. Ivy was getting handsy and like pushing him off of him a couple possessions before that. So he was getting annoyed that he was getting grabbed off ball. Okay. Okay. I'm sure there yeah. was some talking uh, involved as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would I thought maybe he just said something to him, but it was one of those things that happened so far off the ball that it, you, you have no idea what happened because there's no really great camera angle for what was going on just before. Um, and of course, Ivy didn't really have a great first half, and he sat on the bench a, for quite a little while after that uh, altercation there. So hopefully Painter sent him a little message that says, you know, I know it's frustrating. You're going to be keyed on by a lot of these players, a lot of these teams, but we need you out there, and we need you to keep your cool. So hopefully he learned a little something from this. Uh, you know, like I said, he played great in that second half. So, you know, we'll we'll take it. 
Uh, love the passion. Hopefully he can uh, keep that in check, though, as far as giving the other team some free throws. But uh, that is it for this IU game. We're going to take a break, come back, and talk about Northwestern. So we will be right back with you, folks. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we are back. So as promised before the break, we're going to take a look at Purdue's 20-point victory over Northwestern. The Boilermakers returned to Mackey Arena and were victorious 80-60. to 60. Um, really pulled away in the second half. Also, uh, very consistent on offense, 40 in the first half, 40 in the second. So that's just fun for people who like numbers. Um, you know, Purdue looked, uh, looked a lot better on offense. They were without Jaden Ivey due to his hip issue. Um, Painter said after the game, he's not sure when he's going to be back. He said they're hoping for Thursday, but if he can't go, they're not going to push him. Um, and I think that makes sense. I mean, they understand that at this point they're playing for the tournament and they need Ivy to be healthy come tournament time. So, um, I will, I will take that, but of course we'd love to have him back against Iowa. So, uh, Casey, I know you were able to watch the entirety of this game. Uh, what stood out, what stood out or who stood out to you from Purdue? Ladman, it's our favorite game. Who okay. had the oh, highest plus minus on the Purdue Boilermakers? I'm going to say Ethan Morton. Gosh darn righty it was. Yeah, I knew at halftime. I think it was like plus 16 at halftime, but I, I don't know where it ended. Plus 23. He played oh, wow. what I imagine is a career high 28 minutes. This yeah, I would think so. Without looking that up, that's got to be his his top. And he did it, you know, normal fashion. Two points, two rebounds, two assists. It <laughs> yeah. doesn't. Doesn't scream off the boss score. Did get one powerhouse two-hand dunk, though. Right? Did not did not expect that. Um, I mean, I assumed he could dunk. 
Uh, I don't remember much seeing that much in his uh, highlights from high school. Maybe it was there, and I just don't recall. But that's got to be his first dunk in a Purdue uniform, right? Yeah, it was. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, long. He's taller than you think. Pretty decent athlete. But, yeah, uh, I mean – this was the Sasha game, though, right? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, especially the bounce back from going. What was it? One, one of seven. seven from one of seven from three against IU, and then now he's six of ten, and he just looked great out there. He earned all six of those threes too. Yeah, those were the. I I hope this becomes a staple. Like you you watched Hunter pretty much look for it every time he was in semi transition. Oh, Sasha's trailing at the top of the key. I'm gonna dump it off and pull it from you know 28 feet, and it worked out most of the time. Sasha's a pretty good shooter, especially in rhythm when he can see it. Uh, yeah, it, it's it is good that without Jaden Ivey, we were able to still dominate this game in most fashion. Yeah, and and put up eighty points. Um, you know, regardless of uh, who's out there on the team, we want to keep scoring points. That's how Purdue has won so many games this year. I mean, we started out scoring what ninety plus in the first few games, and of course, Big Ten season, you expect that to go down a little bit uh, just because of the level of competition. But to score 80 pace. points without – yeah, well, pace as well. But be able, to be able to score 80 points without one of your top players and obviously the top guard uh, out there is huge for this team and what they can do um, as, as you know, as a team without without Ivy. Yeah, um, probably just going to mention this, right? Let's just go there now. The, the big oof, the big, the big poo-poo platter on the game, the big, oh, my goodness, what happened? Brandon Newman got a chance to start. Yeah. He had a chance to play a lot of minutes if he played well. Yep. Um, he went 0 of 5. Yeah. Doinked, he was doinked some looks. Just wide open. Very looks. bad. Yeah. And he was the only player of the of the nine players that played. He was the only one not to score. And the only one with a negative plus minus. In a 20-point win, he had a minus two. Yeah, that's hard to do. Yeah. Um. If he was on the floor, Purdue was not having a good stretch, and that's that's a problem. Yeah, it's yeah, a problem. Just... His athleticism and size, we need that. Like in tournament time, we need a guard like that. And yeah, I don't know what's happening. Ever since he got moved to the bench last season, it's just been downhill. Like he's just not locked in in the way that we saw at times previous. Yeah, and it, you did have to think. Hey, he's got an opportunity to start. Maybe this is like a confidence boost he needs. Maybe confidence is what he's he's lacking so far this year. And to see him have the opportunity to go out there, because you know I know starting is really like it doesn't matter in the long run, but it matters to the players, you know, because that means you're you're the guy I went out there to start the game to set the tone. And Newman was out there; he was ready to go. Uh, and then suddenly he goes over five, only winds up playing 12 minutes, the second least amount of minutes. Um, only Caleb first played fewer and he played 11. Uh, and Caleb first had a great game. I thought, uh, played really but, well in that first stretch. Yeah. But, uh, Brandon Newman, I mean, he is a guy that we need to find himself because as you said, we need another guard like him. He's a different kind of guard physically than we have in someone like Sasha or someone like, um, Ivy, he's just he brings a different look than those two guys. And if we can get him to where he was playing last year, it would be huge. But he seemingly has been given every opportunity this year to put it together, and we just haven't seen it from him yet. No, and yeah, this I, he got good looks and he got them early and just doinked them all. Maybe it changes if one of them falls early, but it, it's just he's got 
his role is to come off the bench and he needs to have these three to four minute spurts where he does good things. And right now he just can't find that rhythm. And it's a problem because he doesn't, in theory, we need him specifically on the defensive end and still to be a threat on the offensive end. And right now it's just not there. And it's getting to the point where you start asking the question, is Purdue going to be the place for him? We've yeah. seen it happen. Yeah. This exact thing with guards that don't click in this offense. Yeah, and it's it's hard, you know, to have that conversation. Um, I don't – I mean, we're not going to speculate about anything, but no. it's, a, it's something that as a fan and as someone who writes about the team, you have to have in the back of your mind because we have seen it numerous times. A lot with, of times. With Painter and – and guards. Um, I think honestly, it seems like guards are are the main position that seems to transfer out under Painter. Um, I I don't know if that has something to do with the offense Purdue runs or the guards that Painter recruits, but it seems like that is the position that finds himself uh, heading out the door the most under Matt Painter. Yeah, and it's just like this too. They they go into slumps. Their their energy and defense isn't enough to keep them on the on the court. And next thing you know, their minutes just start to dwindle, and all of a sudden, poof, like they never happen. They're gone. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on. I mean, we're really rooting uh, for Brandon Newman. Really hope he can turn around because, like you said, uh, he's a guy that we could really use on this team, especially going into March. So a um, couple things that stood out to me, uh, free throw shooting was much better, 10 of 13. Um, and then uh, Caleb first had a much better game, uh, still not back to where we want him. Uh, only played 11 minutes, but wound up uh, two of two from the floor, hit both of his free throws, three rebounds, total of seven points. So uh, much better. I know you said he played good in his first stretch there. Um, you think it changed a little bit uh, in his second spurt? He gave up two offensive rebounds in back. Yeah, exactly. That's so, what I was going like, to say. Like, you're not going to be happy about it, but he came in a ton of energy. Grabbed two offensive rebounds early, uh, looking to put it back up, knocked down a three on the top of the key. Like, that is perfect. He's big, he's athletic, he moves well, and if he can shoot the ball at the same time, that is a dynamite four to bring off the bench. So, more of that, less of the letting other people rebound, but it was a right. good bounce yeah. back game. He looked fresh and quick and agile again. So, speaking of how he looked, what do you think of the hair? Good or bad? Is awful. that an improvement? It's awful. <laughs> I absolutely agree. You Uh, can't be that similar toned with your hair and skin and then just almost shave it and almost have a fade, but not a fade. It's bad. Yeah. The thing is a mistake as, as a guy who's, who's had pretty short hair, but never fully shaved his head. Like you got to know what your head looks like. You got to know what you're going to look like without hair before you go like that. Uh, so kudos to him for the bravery, but, uh, Maybe he can be like Samson, and the hair will grow in his his strength in basketball. I tell you what, we got some of the worst hair. What? Our white dudes at Purdue are just ruining this for a lot of people. (laughs) Well, I mean, Sasha, Sasha, (laughs) Morton's hair, not great. Sasha can't help it. Sasha can't help it. He's Sasha can help it. Just shave that baby. Go JJ Reddick. Like just, but but then, but then you worry. But then you worry if you're going to be in the the Caleb first boat if he shaves his head. I it can't. I mean, it can't go much worse. Like, just just own up to it. He's going to look so much cooler. Edie, Edie's the only one that improved his hair this season. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. The, the mop look was strange. The, the <laughs> short makes him look a little more menacing. Like, like I like that. Everyone else, they know they they pretty much know what they're doing. They, they got to unlock. But the white boys, mm. 
just yeah we we do have some problematic hair i'll grant you that's fair like um trey gillis is a sharp looking dude uh newman they need to take the other guys under their wing and be like yeah i, I like ivy's on. hair i think ivy ivy knows what he's doing ivy's got good hair. hair yeah yeah he grew up with women so it makes sense yeah like, that's he was just true. around women all the time yeah like, yeah oh he's around all those notre right. dame women's basketball players right. so i'm sure they helped him out a bit yeah so i how about your boys <laughs> It's <laughs> embarrassing. Like, first never should have been able to walk out of the locker room like that. No, no. Put a headband like, on. Headband would help like, a lot. Uh, yes, yeah. It's like the uh, the scene in Ted Lasso where they're like, everybody gets one haircut from the team captain because he's such <laughs> he's so good at cutting hair. We need a guy like that on the team because uh, someone, or at least someone to, to, like, you have to run a haircut by somebody to be like. Yeah. Mama, where's uh, Mama Edie? Where, yeah. Where's, where's one of the. Mama Williams is probably a great, like, probably great if she's, if he gets even half of his uh, charisma from, from his mom, like, she needs to be around. Someone, someone needs to guide these boys. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, you're in college. Uh, it's, it's, there's always going to be some awkward times. It's just unfortunate that they're, you're they're in college on a D1 program at a school that really cares about basketball. It <laughs> no, probably well, okay. doesn't matter. But why don't you go ahead and nail that down too? Okay. <laughs> well, all right. Take full fair advantage. Enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um, so I mean, you know, Northwestern not necessarily a great program this season. Just two of six in conference, nine of eight uh, overall. So it wasn't a game that we expected to be very close. But it was interesting because we didn't have Ivy just to see what the team would do. And I was very pleased uh, with how they responded, how they moved the ball, and. You pointed out at the beginning, but I want to reiterate how great Sasha played. He played 38 minutes. Um, not only great shooting, I mean, he he has become very good on the defensive end, uh, just with aggressiveness and getting getting uh, in people's faces, uh, being aggressive, uh, disrupting players, and I think that's what we need from him. Obviously, he's not going to be our best defender out there, but I really love the energy he's been bringing on defense. He's got good size, so especially as a help defender, which we saw him kind of leak down on a couple drives and make that rotation when Northwestern thought they had an open big, but he was able to get a hand in. That's the kind of stuff he has to do because he's one of the few guards that have the size to still be effective down there. And you're right. Just being aggressive on that end. We need that. We need him and Ivy to really carry the way. I, I think that's the one thing we saw. We we talked that we don't, we are ready leave teams feeling comfortable on offense without Ivy out there. I was a little concerned that we wouldn't have, any forced turnovers at all right so, yeah so he, uh, oh go ahead it, it was good to see sasha kind of have that little run especially there in the second half where he was all over the place on both sides really affecting things and that that makes a difference especially in tournament time where we've seen him get played off the court frequently right right and that's why it's so uh such a positive for me that he's being aggressive out there and causing problems for the uh the opposing offense so yeah but boy does northwestern not have problems like yeah they, yeah, they, they don't have people that no. cause problems yeah that they're is not a, they're not a great squad um just they, they, they have a lot of things to fix if they really hope to turn this thing around and uh i'd be amazed if uh collins is there for much longer if he keeps playing like this the one full game of Michigan State that I've seen in fast forward mode was that Northwestern game where they lost. Right. I just I I have to watch other games because right now I just assume Mich Michigan State is terrible. Right. Right. Yeah. Because I, I I mean Northwestern 
just flat out beat Michigan State, and it's just don't understand it. Yeah, sort of bizarre. So uh, there's two more things I want to talk about. One, I think we need to give props to Eric Hunter Jr., uh, 27 minutes, four or five from the floor, including two of two from three, which one was at the end of the game, which was, I don't want to say cheap, but I, I don't remember if the shot clock was winding down or if he just decided to shoot it, but wound up with 10 points, five assists, two steals, two rebounds, only one turnover. So this is the Eric Hunter I want. I know it was against Northwestern, who's not a, a killer out there, as we just said. But uh, this is the kind of Eric Hunter Jr. I want on the floor. Where where the hell did that come from when he caught the ball left corner, drove dash, just aggressively cut through the defense, Euro stepped and finished with his offhand at the rim? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Where did that come from? Because a few possessions before when the game was still a game and Northwestern went to his zone for a couple plays, he got the ball open four times and just stopped which is exactly what you don't do in a zone because once you get them tilted, you have to attack that space. And he just didn't because his whole entire game is mostly hesitating and not knowing what to do. Where (laughs) is the aggressive hunter that just showed up randomly here? Make that a thing. That's what Purdue needs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he plays like that, we we might have had a little bit of a uh, problem solved at the point guard position. So hopefully we'll we'll see more of that. We'll keep an eye on it. So last thing is the bizarre uh, stoppage of play during the game when a Northwestern player was down at one end of the court and Edie had just grabbed a rebound, offensive rebound, all alone, obviously getting ready to just dunk the hell out of the ball. And the official stops the game because a Northwestern player was down in no danger on the opposite side of the court. I cannot remember anything that bad ever happening. Can you, I mean, can you recall a, a whistle that bad? It's egregious. It is a correct whistle, Right. something that you expect from someone who just picked up a whistle. I, I am in a, I'm in an adult league right now. And there's this substitute ref they have every so often when the two main guys aren't there. He literally can't make the whistle whistle. What? It doesn't come out ever. It, like at best, it's like a half squeak. Maybe That's, he's allergic. Maybe he's allergic to the metals, like I, Roy Kent. I, we can't understand. I've I've talked to the other ref. Like we just watched the game. Like I don't know what's happening. How this is a problem. That's the kind of person I would expect to make that call. Yeah, if you're I, worried about his safety, you stop the play as soon as he goes to the ground. Right. Not on right. the other side of the floor after a shot and a rebound where the ball's still in play. You already decided this play was okay to happen. Yeah, and I mean, I could understand stopping it if Northwestern had gotten that rebound because then they might try to push it and you want to make sure the guy from Northwestern who's injured is safe. However, Purdue got the rebound under their own basket. Edie was all alone, clearly was about ready to dunk it. They stopped the play. Purdue ends up not even getting a bucket out of that possession once they get it going. And, I mean, if Purdue would have lost this game by one or gone into overtime and then lost, I mean, it just would have been outrageous. Um, The Big Ten has got to do something with these officials, whether that means professionalizing them and stopping with this part-time BS or doing some sort of, like, making the referees available for post-game questions. They've got to do something because Big Ten officiating is just so inconsistent, not only from game to game, but from half to half. And 
you know, they, the NCAA, the Big Ten, every other conference might not want to admit this, but this is big business. This is not a, this is not an extracurricular activity to co-rec. You know, this is a billion dollar business and they're throwing out people who just make stupid mistakes that are really unexcusable and they've got to clean it up. At the same time, you watch an NFL game and you say the same thing. Not as much. It's pretty bad. The playoffs have been pretty bad so far. Yeah, but I mean, it's, Here's what I would say. Uh, remember back, what it was, like 10, 15 years ago? I don't remember when it was, when the refs went on strike and they had replacement refs. Remember how bad that was? No, Ledman. Yeah, forever you, ago. You remember that. I was 12. I don't think it was that long ago. Uh, whatever year it was, uh, it was 2012, so it was nine years ago. Uh, I mean, you remember how bad those those refs were, and I just think there's there's got to be some additional training, or you got to professionalize this thing to take off. Uh, you know, these part timers where they're high school teachers or principals, and then they work three nights a week in separate cities. Like, I mean, they've got to figure it out. So uh, I just hope hope come NCAA tournament time we can get some consistent officiating uh, from game to game, from half to half, because when you have a guy like Zach Eady on the floor who's 7-4, officiating can mean a whole lot to how you progress as a team, and I don't want to have the officials deciding the outcome of Purdue's NCAA tournament. Look, I'm right there with you. It's a problem. Um, I can't imagine any institution where a complete lack of uh, accountability for authority figures has ever gone poorly. But <laughs> Well, before we get into that, hmm. I think that's good enough. Uh, so thank you for listening. We'll be back in the middle of the week. We're going to look at the upcoming game against Iowa. This, of course, will be the second matchup against the two. This one will be at Iowa. So they'll uh, have their Kate, best player back. Yes, they will. Uh, and we will barely we? beat them last time. So uh, for Casey and myself, thank you for listening. Make sure to rate, review, and hammer that subscribe button. We'll chat with you next week. Boiler out.